Well, for those of you that have been here uh, through September, um, uh, you've had me all the way through September, and this is the last one uh, some of you will be pleased to know. Um, so uh, for those of you, you can, you can put the word out. For those of you that attend kind of in the morning and the evening, uh, you can now come back in the evening because uh, you won't be hearing it for the second or the third time. Um, so this is the last little bit of the vision stuff. And what we have done is we've outlined this little phrase, a church on the way. And uh, for those of you who haven't heard it before, it's got these resonances, obviously, of Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But also there's a whole bunch of other stuff in there about being on the Cotswold Way and being on a journey and all that kind of stuff. It's got three uh, elements uh, to this vision. Normal stuff, ordinary stuff. This is frankly not very new or not very clever. Uh, following Jesus, growing as his disciples and going and doing the things that he has told us to do. Um, As part of that, the first step is following. If you have not yet made a decision to follow Jesus, get on the Alpha course, or in fact you don't even need to wait until Wednesday, just make a decision tonight to follow him, okay? Because he's amazing, and he loves you, and he died on a cross for you, so get involved. Um, And if you need persuading, um, uh, talk to Rick. Rick, give us a wave. I'm putting Rick on the spot. If you don't know what, what it means to follow Jesus, Rick will explain before the end of the evening. Is that okay, Rick? Good. He didn't know I was going to ask him to do that. I hope that's okay. <laughs> uh, Alpha is happening this week. It was really, really good uh, to see the first little bit of the Alpha course. They were really struggling in the upper room. Because that's the upper room in the church centre. Because it was too full. How good is that? Isn't that brilliant? But I believe they can be even more uncomfortable. Uh, so uh, if you want to be on the Alpha course, a great introduction to the Christian faith. Or if you know someone that needs to be on the Alpha course... Why not take a risk uh, before Wednesday and invite them? Because the bottom line is, it could change their life and they could end up changing the world. So, invite them. There is, there is a bug somewhere in our PA, isn't there? I'm pretty sure it's not me. It's, okay, I'll keep moving. Um, I, as part of the vision, I outlined this uh, number, 750 people, suggesting that maybe there should be a church here of 750 people. In case you missed the rationale, it was to say that there are about 7,000 people that live around us in Western, and obviously Bath is a lot bigger than Western, and Jesus died for every single person who lives in Western and Bath, and he even died for the ones that don't live in Bath. I know that is difficult to believe, but he did. Every single human being that has ever lived and that ever was. 750 people. And the reason being is if Jesus died for every single person in Western and beyond, then actually Jesus wants this church and every other church across Bath and across the nation to be bigger than they currently are because he has died for people that are not yet in them. So he wants to change this place and change things. So I hope uh, that that number kind of helpfully makes you uncomfortable. And the little red dots, which we can see for the first time this week, are the postcodes where groups of people live across Western and across Bath. You are ideally suited to the reach the people that Jesus wants you to reach. Your neighbourhood, your workplace... Uh, he has put you in exactly the right place. And we've got this little phrase, um, 
following Jesus and making disciples in the power of the Holy Spirit. This vision is not about kind of giving more work to ourselves, but it's about trying to follow the Holy Spirit more closely. And over the last uh, two or three weeks, I've outlined then uh, the the five habits, if you like, the five kind of little steps that I hope are going to help us to get there. And um, good habits like walking the dog, bad habits like eating all the Pringles. And um, what, what is it about the Pringles tube? I, I don't know. You, you, once you've started, you, I mean, they even wrote an advert. Once you popped, you just can't stop. But that's like a bad thing. Um, anyway, um, five habits to, to pray to read God's word each day, to join a group, to commit to a service. If you've not, uh, if you've not filled in the little form uh, that's at the back there, uh, I'd love just a little bit more information from you. Kind of ordinary stuff like when you were born, and not just the month, but I want to know the year, so that we actually now, now how old and grey and bold we all are, okay? Because then we can actually. Uh, figure out how to reach some folks that are younger than us as well. Um, so if you want to fill in that form, that is also uh, online as well. Just put in slash form on the end of the website and you will find it. Are you ready? We're going to do the last habit, which is to give. Now, some of you at that thought will kind of be thinking, well, um, uh, my wallet is burning already. Actually, this is not about the money primarily. It is not about the money primarily. What it is about is a lifestyle, an attitude of giving, and that's what I want to try and draw out this evening. So, um, to give. At the start of uh, Genesis, Genesis chapter 12, God calls Abram and says that he's going to bless him in order to be a blessing to others. Blessed to be a blessing. Right at the start of God's word is this idea that the people that he's calling, he, he's wanting to bless them, but it's for a purpose to go and make a difference in the world. And in Corinthians, the reading that uh, I read earlier, that we're to be the kind of people that sow generously, that we live outside of ourselves. God has got something bigger for us. Um, you might remember uh, back to the start of the year, January the 14th. Uh, I am going to talk about the money now. I stood up as part of a little series at the beginning of the year and I basically said, wouldn't it be good uh, if we address the financial kind of struggles that we've got as a church family at the beginning of the year rather than at the end of the year? And you, frankly, were amazing because you as a church family stepped up to the mark and you've been generous and you've given more and a number of other things have happened um uh james happened to the accounts and when james our treasurer gets hold of the accounts you know we're all kind of like worried about the expenses that we put in maybe we're putting in too much because james will let us know in a really good way and he's really good at helpfully making us to watch the penny so really thankful to james really thankful to the church center team who over this last year as well as all of the church activities that go on in the church center they have brought in over 70,000 pounds worth of business to the church center isn't that amazing you you can be excited and clap about that go on 
They have worked phenomenally hard. And what that work does is it enables us to do all the other stuff. It releases us so there's less of a financial burden on that centre and it helps towards funding staff and all sorts of stuff. So really, really thankful, but especially thankful to you for being obedient to God. Whether you've uh, joined in and stepped up in prayer or whether you've joined in and stepped up uh, with finances, I'm just really grateful that you've been obedient to what God is calling you to do. So thank you. Here is the thing. Um, when we give, something happens. Quite a lot over this last year, I have talked about this idea of Thanksgiving changing the atmosphere. And as one of the five habits that we've outlined, um, prayer being the first one, you know, if you don't know where to start with prayer, if you're like, oh, but I, I just fall asleep all the time, or I don't know what to do, you know, actually, if, do you know, Hands up if you've ever fallen asleep when you're praying. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, higher. Admit it. Come on, it's okay. Alright? Some of you never have. You, you're honestly, you're amazing, but the rest of us... Can I just, can we just flip that a minute? If you were a father and your child fell asleep in your arms, how pleased would you be? Stop giving yourself a hard time. Falling asleep in the Father's arms. What a joy. Sorry, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a brilliant way to pray. You know, if you don't know where to start with prayer, start with Thanksgiving. Psalm 100 says, I will enter his gates with Thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Get out of bed in the morning, stand beside the bed and give thanks to God for three things. And then get on with your day. You'll have started the day well. You will have changed the atmosphere. Thanksgiving unlocks the atmosphere, but giving unlocks transformation. Giving to someone else unlocks transformation in their lives. Giving unlocks transformation in your own life, and giving unlocks transformation in the world. There's a transaction that takes place, and suddenly... Things that weren't free can be free. It makes all the difference. And I'm not necessarily just talking about money, I'm talking about you. Giving of yourself to someone else. On the website, as I've written about this stuff, I've highlighted four really simple ways to to give. And these are kind of, you know, they're just starters, really. There's a whole bunch of different things that you could do. Uh, One of them is to join a team. On the church website, there is a whole load of different teams that you can be on. Um, I know we don't make a big deal of harvest in the evening, um, but the, the flower team have done a great job. Look at all this stuff. If go and look at the pumpkin at the top, it's great. They have done a good. You can give them a round of applause too. Okay. I know, like e- evening service, flower team is probably not the thing that you're going to be kind of gunning after as the team I'm going to join. But you know, they do a great job. And actually, I've been having a really good conversation with one of them, who's like on a flower team mission to draw someone else into the family to help them believe but at the moment what they're doing is they're just doing flowers together I'm like great come on because it was never about the flowers isn't that good 
You might, you know, on the way out, go and look at the little loaf of bread with the mouse on it. Don't eat the mouse. I'll know. If it's not there by the end of the evening, I'll know you ate the mouse. Uh, you can join a team. I keep on saying it, but, um, okay, let's, let's be really mean right now. We need folks to run the computer. Josh, you run the computer? Is it okay? Yeah, except it's Windows 10. doesn't behave. We're going to sort that out. Alison, you run the computer? We're really grateful that you two help us to see. How many of you have a computer at home? Put your hand up. Great. So you know what a mouse is? Yeah? How many of you can sing? Like a bit. Not necessarily up the front, but sing to yourself. Come on, put a hand up if you'd like to sing. Great. Could you all go and talk to Pete afterwards? Because Pete would love to enroll you on the projection team. Please. If you all do it like once every eight weeks, there's no problem. Seriously. Is that okay? I, I would love to stop asking you about this. Excellent. Thanks so much. Um, that'll be lush. Um, so you could join a team. You can give financially to the local church. Do you know this place is not funded by the government or by the diocese? That's like the Church of England as a whole. The way that this place gets funded is by you and me giving to the work that God wants to do in this place. That's, that's how it happens. And, and in order to do that, what happens is God fills your bank account with money and then you just need to extract it out of your bank account into our bank account. I'm not fussed how it happens. You can do it with cash, with standing order. There's even like contactless payment at the back. You can do that. So you can give in that way. Or I'm moving on from the money. You can tell us something that we don't know. Maybe you have got like that secret gift. You are the only person in in Bath who can do this particular thing and we don't yet know that that's what you can do. We would love that thing to be part of the life of the church here. But if you keep it a secret, how do we know? So will you come and tell us? You know, you've got that thing that's burning on your heart that God is calling you to, or you've got that, you know, you're an absolute whiz with numbers, or you, you know, you know how to service fire extinguishers, and you're licensed for it. Yeah, that'd be great, because we have to pay for that every year. I mean, you'd have to still write the certificate thing, um, otherwise, like, it's not legal. Um, or maybe it's volunteering in the wider community. You know, there are, there are folks as part of this family who volunteer in street pastors you know you, you, you go out late at night and I see some of you after you've been out street pastoring and then you're like eyes blurred the following morning but you still come you know or you're the person that has got your eyes on their neighbour you know the one that can't get out and do their shop regularly enough yeah or maybe you're just part of another charity locally or maybe you're that person at work you know whatever it is whether it's with numbers or medicine or teaching or being a lawyer whatever it might be you're that person at work who goes beyond what the job description says and actually notices the people around you you're that person that makes a difference you know, we can do that, and we can do that more and more as we allow God to speak to us. Jesus says this, freely you have received, so freely give. He wants us to be the kind of people that give out, that give generously, that live 
generously. But the thing that I want to kind of um, help you to get your head around this evening is not about a list of tasks. It's not about adding more things for you to be busy doing. You know, that is really not the point. What I want you to get is this. I want you to get the giving habit and it starts with how you see. It starts with how you see the world and how you see other people. You see, if you want to have a lifestyle of being a generous giver unlocked in you, you need to see things as God the Father sees them. To see people as God the Father sees them. I don't know about you, but um, when when we get kind of stuff that kind of kicks off a bit at the start of the service, I, I get quite, at that point, I'm, maybe I'm weird, but I kind of get quite excited at that point. I'm like, come on, Lord. <laughs> but it's because I've retrained myself to try and see what God sees. You know, it's not about, it's not about a bit of shouting and screaming. It's about a person who is loved by our Heavenly Father. Deeply loved. Cared for. Do you want to see other people as God sees them? Part of that is to go right back to the start of Genesis where God calls people out from where they are, out from hiding away from each other to say, come and live differently. Come and change this messed up world. Come and help us to bring transformation. Come and live for God in worship, but also come and live beyond yourself. Living a life for others. I, I don't know whether you've ever, um, uh, whether you've ever asked some small people to help lay a table. You know, you, you, cutlery is kind of easy. They kind of plonk it where, wherever wherever they plonk it. Um, you know, uh, and it takes a little while to catch up with you know where in your household the sp- the dessert spoon goes. You know, I don't know whether you're a kind of an on the top or down the side. You know, whatever the house rule is, that's how you expect them to do it. But the, my favourite one is um, is asking them to take the jug of water from the sideboard to the table. Because I don't know what age you kind of clock in in learning this, but um, when you ask a small child to do that, what happens is they, they pick up the jug of water from the sideboard, quite full, best if you make it full, and they, and they hug it in order to be very careful and not to spill it. And then they kind of walk gingerly or not so gingerly across to the table. And of course all the water goes everywhere. Because they haven't used their inbuilt pistons and suspension system to carry the water. They're called arms. They're really good. They just kind of, you know, you move and the, and the, and the jug of water stays still. It's amazing. How does that even work? How do we know how to do that? It's, it, is, it is a wonder, isn't it? Here, here's the thing. We, we can live in a way where we hold on tight to the things that God has given us. And when we do that, 
we are going to make a mess. And we're going to spill everything everywhere. And it actually makes more diff- it makes it more difficult for God to pour more stuff in because we're holding it tight. And we end up getting water everywhere. What he's made us for is to hold it out. To hold out the cup for others. So that that cup can overflow and that cup can be refilled. You know, the cup in the Old Testament is this picture of what God has given you. In Psalm 23, the psalmist talks about my cup overflowing. You know, I'm so blessed by God. God has done so many amazing things in my life that my cup is overflowing. Look! And when the cup's overflowing, frankly, you want it to be out here and share with others. There's another way that the Bible talks about the cup as well. And it's when there's difficulty. Even sometimes difficult things that God has asked you to do. When Jesus prays, he prays that this cup would be taken from him. Folks, are you going to live a life of generosity towards others? Be the kind of person who gives. Jesus is quoted as saying in Acts, it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive. So folks, I'd love us as a family to be in the giving habit. You know, to be the kind of community that gives and gives. There is a right way to give and a wrong way to give. You know, to give away something that's not yours, like your wife's bike, is the wrong way to give. That's not how you do it. You can ask Meg to tell you the story. Bad husband. Uh, to give away the things that you have. Time or experience or love or compassion. Let's be that kind of family. But let's make it a habit. And the habit is to start by seeing what God sees. In people and in communities. And then we can start to join in. Let me land with this. See, the last part of the of the vision is to be the kind of people that are going. Following, growing and going. Jesus appears to his disciples after his resurrection and says, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Folks, you as followers of Jesus Christ have been given immense authority and power in this world. Your words, your attitude, your approach to other people can make the difference between life and death for them. You carry life. And God wants you to share it with others. You carry forgiveness because you've known what it's like to experience the Father's forgiveness. So you can help others experience this. You've glimpsed transformation in your own life so you can help others into that. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. 
we get the same commission, the same charge that Jesus had, just without the death on the cross bit, unless, of course, you read Galatians. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The only way through to this life is by surrendering it all. Go and make disciples, end of Matthew 28. You know, for us to really be a church on the way, it it isn't any more complicated than us following in the footsteps of Jesus. Making a choice to follow him. If you've not made that choice, make that choice tonight because he loves you and he's inviting you in. It's also the choice to, as we follow, to grow as his disciples. You know, I was talking with someone just yesterday and, and I highlight this just, you know, if you're feeling like Mark, you know, I've been following Jesus for, for, for years, frankly, I'm old, I am done, okay? I, I, what I, I want you to know that you're not. You, you give me an age and I'll show you someone in scripture who ain't done. If you're feeling old and cranky, God's got a big job for you to do. And if you're feeling re- even more, you know, it, it, I'm sorry, go and, go and read Caleb. In Joshua. Okay? I was talking to someone just yesterday who was sharing with me and as, as he was sharing he just, it really brought a tear to my eye because what he was, what he was saying was that even though I've been following Jesus for a long time, I'm still learning what it means to follow Jesus. I'm still learning. And he was figuring out a new path about what that meant. That daily choice to keep on growing in Him. Walking in simple habits is the way that that happens. It happens on the journey. And as we go, what we do is we step in to all that God has for us. All that He is calling us to as individuals and as a church family. Folks, I don't know about you, But I believe that there is power in the gospel still. I believe, because I've seen it so many times, that when people meet with Jesus, that their lives are transformed and that they are turned around in their tracks. That they go the other way. It's called repentance. To turn the other way. To change your mind. And Jesus is in the transformation business. I believe that what he has got to offer is so much better than what the world has got to offer. It's better than winning at golf. It's better than gaining a few more likes. And you won't find dopamine at the bottom of the scroll screen. Sorry kids, I know it's my new phrase. He's got a home to offer us. It is an eternal dwelling with the Father. It will not fade and the mortgage has already been paid off in full. An eternal hope that will not fade. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is already at work with all the people that you know. With all the people that you work with, even the ones that are far off. He is on it. And you know, when we see the world like that, 
the job of following Jesus becomes completely simple. Very straightforward. All we've got to do is open our eyes and join in. I think if we do this, we will become a church on the way that, you know, I don't know where we'll land in terms of numbers. The number that I put up at the start is not about that. It's about making us uncomfortable so that we pursue him. What's more important is that we're a church on the way, is that we are pursuing him. And when we do that, I believe what we'll do is we'll stop grieving the decline of faith in the West. That we'll start following Jesus and making disciples in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that will mean that we are ready to grow. There's a picture that must be 15 years ago of of what it, what church growth is like. And it's this idea that the Holy Spirit brings the fire, but we're to build the hearth. You know, there's some structural things that we can do that help people to meet with Jesus. Our job is to do them. But He brings the fire. If there's any growth that happens, it's the Lord that does it and he deserves the glory. No one else. But we should be ready to grow.